Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Food bloggers, hey, are you looking for new ways to make money as a blogger? If so, we have got your back. We are launching an ebook called Conversations on Monetization over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Inside this resource, we take your favorite podcast episodes about monetization and we put them all in one easy, accessible package inside of an ebook. And we also throw in a few exclusive interviews as well. There are so many ways to monetize your food blog, and this ebook will bring those ways to life. Inside the book, we have interviews with success stories like Todd Bullock, Alyssa Brantley, Kelly McNellis, Jenna Carlin, and so many more. They've all become successful through completely different monetization strategies. Whether you are a new blogger looking for your very first revenue stream, or you are a seasoned pro wanting to diversify, this ebook is for you. Get insider information and amazing discounts by joining our launch list. Go to eatblogtalk.com to sign up. What's up, food bloggers? Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast made for you, food bloggers seeking value for your businesses and your lives. Today, I will be having a chat with Melissa Meganson from Tailwind, and we are going to talk about adapting to changes within Pinterest. Melissa is the sponsorships and community manager and resident cat lady at Tailwind, the leading visual marketing tool for brands. As sponsorships and community manager, it is her job to make Tailwind's members look good and find success in their marketing efforts. In her eight years at Tailwind, Melissa has won an Addy Award, and she has worked with major brands like Adobe and JCPenney, and recently graduated with an MBA from the University of Oklahoma. Melissa, I am super excited to dig into Pinterest and Tailwind today, but first, give us a fun fact about yourself. Oh, sure. Okay, so so since 2020 has been such a crazy year, uh, I apparently thought it would be a great idea to buy a house and get married. So this has been an uh, active year for me, even though we've been uh, stuck inside most of the time. So that's been uh, something to take my mind off of you know, the state of the world right now. <laughs> I think you did it the right way, doing a few things that you are certain to remember forever as a way to maybe counter all of the other stuff. It's definitely been a good distraction. Yes, for sure. Well, congratulations on all of that. And also, congrats on your MBA. That's a really big deal as well. You are just killing it, it sounds like. So let's dig into Pinterest. Pinterest has always been a really big traffic driver for food bloggers. But we're all sensing those winds of change. As with any platform, things eventually evolve and change. Back when I started blogging, 10 years ago, it was so easy to get a ton of eyeballs on my content almost instantly. I remember that. It was like magic. And literally a single pin could successfully circulate for years. I mean, like two years later, I'd be like, 
looking at the same pin over and over throughout the platform. But today, the platform is much more saturated. It's much different. And it's not quite as easy to get those eyeballs and those link clicks. So, Melissa, can you talk us through the new Pinterest algorithm and the changes that have been made? Give us some insight and break that all down for us. Yeah, absolutely. So, like with any platform that you're using, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Google, anything like that, you kind of have to think about it as rented space. So when your landlord, which is, you know, one of these big platforms, changes the rules, uh, you have to adapt. You're living on their land, you're getting that, 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 that traffic and those clicks and all of that good stuff that we love from those platforms. You are getting it from them. So you kind of have to you know, adapt to what they're putting out there and how they're making the changes. And of course, Pinterest is no different. And I really like that you talked about how uh, a few years ago, you would just see the same pin over and over again, it would be super saturated. And the thing that that, uh, Pinterest is really focusing on right now is helping pinners find new inspirational content a lot easier. So you don't want to go onto Pinterest as a Pinterest user and just see the same exact thing over and over and over again. Pinterest is also a search engine, so they need to help you help optimize that the search results so that, again, they're not saying the exact same thing over and over again, and you're getting new inspiration based on your search intent. So thinking about your marketing strategy less as a marketer, kind of, and more as a, you know, what would a natural pinning behavior be? will help you going forward. And the big thing to focus on with your content is, so you want to be targeting different audiences with that content that you're creating. So whether that's, you know, going and looking at a recipe and thinking about the different things that that recipe could be used for. So uh, an example that we use a lot is there's this uh, really delicious bourbon cocktail recipe that can just be a bourbon cocktail. People search for that. It could also be, um, you know, bourbon cocktail for cocktail hour at a wedding or a holiday drink or a girl's night in fun cocktail to make. You can target different search intents with that pin, with that recipe. It may all lead to the same URL, but if you change up the copy and the description on the pin and the pin title to target those people that have those different ideas about what they can do with that recipe, then you'll be more likely to find success with this new world of Pinterest. So you're recommending taking one recipe because we're speaking to food bloggers and maybe just putting different spins on it. So using different descriptions to target different seasons or holidays. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, that's going to be a really great way to kind of juice your older content that may already exist. And you can kind of see the the drop off happening after it's been published for a long time. Great thing with recipes is it's not like they're going to go out of style. <laughs> you know, people are always going to be searching for bourbon cocktails or bread recipes or whatever it is. They're always going to be wanting to find those incredible recipes. And so instead of just having it be you know, bourbon cocktails or um, you know, delicious bread recipes, you can actually target those different holidays, those different life events, 
and get more people, more eyeballs on your content that way. What would you say the lifespan is of one image and one description? How long can we expect that to circulate before it's um, seen as old content? It's really hard to say. The algorithm is uh, a bit of a mystery, but the way that Pinterest is going now uh, is that newer content and new image is going to do better in the short term than in a very, very old image. You know, having said that, of course, you can go onto Pinterest and see images that are five years old and they're still performing well. They're still getting clicks. They're still getting those saves and repins. So uh, there's no like one set way, but the future of Pinterest is really moving into that first pin image um, for a brand new URL is going to be the thing that will perform better in the long run. What are your thoughts about those unicorn pins? Because I have a few myself They are hideously ugly as far as the photography goes, but they're doing so well and they've been doing really well for years and years. Why is that? Do you have a thought on that? Oh, I could speculate all day. I think it's just weird things happen in algorithms, Uh, especially one that's as established as Pinterest. They can't just 100% change everything overnight. So some of those (laughs) old pieces of content that look definitely have that like early 20 teens look, you know, you can, you can see a pen and go, yeah, that's from 2012, that type of thing. Uh, those, I think it my guess again, this is just a wild speculation, uh, is that it's a pen that did well and has been doing well. And the algorithm recognizes it as something that does well, but that doesn't mean that it'll be a reliable source of traffic in the future. It's just like with Google, I think, too. A lot of us have those uh, posts that do really well with Google, but they're really outdated and we haven't updated the SEO inside of them. We haven't updated the photos or the copy, yet they perform really well and they get on that first page. And we're told by the SEO experts, do not touch those. Let the magic run its course. So it's kind of the same thing. We don't really know what's going on, but we just have to, you know, roll with it, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, you know, you can you can always add new images and test how they do, how they perform. But, you know, if you found that magic mix with an old pin that doesn't have a great image, just let it ride. Don't there's no need to delete pins. So just keep it on there. Enjoy the traffic while it lasts. But don't be surprised if, you know, in a couple of weeks or a few months or even a year from now, you're not getting that traffic anymore. Yeah, because it really can change at any moment. I've seen that happen with my own content and it's it's hard. It can be really hard to see that. But we have to go into Pinterest and um, digging into Pinterest expecting that. Because like you said, this is rented space. This is not our space. We do not own Pinterest So ride the wave, uh, relish all the traffic it brings us. And if it changes, you just have to kind of shrug your shoulders and move on. I've learned that over the years, I used to get really offended, like, I don't know, emotionally tied. Like, why did they do this to me? How could they do this? But really, it's not my thing. Pinterest is not my platform. I don't own it. So of course, they're going to change. They can't stay the same forever, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, 
getting it's easy to get caught up in that and think like oh my content's no good anymore I I'm failing at this but that's just you know that imposter syndrome sneaking in it's not you it's the platform and you just got to kind of tweak things and figure out what works for you, especially as things change on these platforms. And you know, Pinterest has given us some heads up with these changes and has best practices listed on their website for creative. And uh, with Tailwind, we are so closely tied with them, we build in those best practices. So there's ways that you can learn what works and what's going to work going forward. So you can set yourself up for success now once things fully get transitioned over and um, those changes are made. So keep at it. Be consistent is one thing that I always tell people because that's one thing I've done over the years really well is I've just consistently put good quality content and images up on Pinterest and I've been rewarded for that. What are some other bits of advice or encouragement that you have about how to deal with these changes and adapt to them? I would definitely say pay attention to your analytics. Um, go in, see what's working, what is trending for you, whether you've pinned it or not, both in Tailwind's analytics and in Pinterest analytics. You can get a feel for the type of content that your audience is interested in seeing from you. So if it's uh, something from your website, you can see those clicks, uh, what people are saving. And I would also say that when you're comparing saves or repins to clicks, think about those saves and repins. If it's a really high number, but you're not getting those clicks, that may mean you're giving away too much on the pin. Or if you made that pin just to build brand awareness for your company, for your blog, great. Then that's a really powerful signal that people are interested in your brand, even if they may not be clicking through. And then on the opposite side, if you have pins that are getting lots of clicks, but you're just not seeing the saves as much, uh, that pin may need to be adjusted so that you know, sharing is built in. People are interested in clicking on it. I know I'm guilty of this sometimes when I'm using Pinterest to find recipes. So I'll click through on a pin, I'll open it up in my mobile browser, and then I'll just forget to actually save it. So having a really strong CTA on your website to save that pin is going to help with those save metrics versus the click metrics. At the end of the day, we want those clicks. That's something that we're all interested in. We all want that website traffic, get that ad revenue, get that affiliate revenue. That's what builds our business. So I'd say clicks are a little bit more important than those saves, but it just really depends on brand building versus website traffic as well. And um, I would also say, check out the trends, Pinterest trends. So if you go to trends.pinterest.com, look at what is upcoming, what Pinterest is saying people are searching for and interested in. And if you can tweak some of your content, just easily go in, change a couple words on the pin design and the description and share it out to try to capitalize on those trends and what's happening on Pinterest online then that can really help you as well because you know Pinterest is telling you their search intent here. This is what people are interested in now. So get that content out there and make sure that you know you're paying attention to what's going on on the platform. I have taken a look at the Pinterest trends section recently and it's really cool. I love how of course they tie visuals to it because it's Pinterest whereas a platform like um 
Google Trends is very numerical. There are no visuals. But Pinterest Trends is really visual and cool. And you can browse through categories. And yeah, like you said, Melissa, they're basically giving us exactly what they're highlighting. So go in there and look at the food category and see what specifically within food they are highlighting that season and do more of that. So maybe you could match your content to what they put up. And let's say chili is really popular within trends. You could go through your um, archives, find a couple chili recipes, maybe create new pins for them and circulate them around. Do you think that would be a good strategy? Yeah, it would definitely be worth testing. I will say that, you know, there's there's never going to be a one-size-fits-all strategy, unfortunately. That's what we all want. It's just tell me what to do so I can find success. But definitely start testing things. You know, if um, <laughs> if you're normally a vegan cook and what's trending is, you know, a meat-filled chili, it may not be for you, but <laughs> make sure it matches what you're doing and try to capitalize on those trends. I really think that is, it's a relatively new tool, the Pinterest trends, but we've seen uh, our members have success trying to match the search intent and those trends that are upcoming with the content that they're putting out there. You mentioned testing, and I love seeing it like that too. I say that often as well. It's constant testing with your analytics and just also testing with your images and what you put on your images and the way you write your descriptions and what keyword, you know, like there's so many different things that you can test with within Pinterest. So I, I see it as being a fun experiment of sorts um, because it is, it's fun just to see what works. And then it, you find something that works and you capitalize on that and you do more of that. And then you find something else that works and you do more of that. So it's like this big experiment. That's how I see Pinterest. And I think that's why I like it so much and why I do pretty well with it. Whereas there are people who see it as um, a frustration and maybe they don't see those things that are working out for their accounts and they give up on it. Right. Yeah. And if, <laughs> who, who doesn't want to be uh, getting traffic and seeing the success that from the time that they put in but it is about testing and you know try to make it fun Pinterest should be fun so uh, I know it's easy to get discouraged sometimes but that's why testing is so important and paying attention to the tests not just throwing tests out there and forgetting what you're actually looking at to test for uh, you'll be able to keeping track of that will just enable you to better understand what's working with your audience and what's working with Pinterest as well. I think we all have those platforms that we just have blocks to almost. For me, it's Facebook. I've never understood Facebook, but I've never wanted to understand Facebook. If I really wanted to understand it, I would have gone in and figured it out and done testing there. But I just haven't ever had that desire so I always find it interesting when people can not see that, you know, they're like, well, Pinterest should love me, but I don't like Pinterest. Well, of course, it's not going to love you if you're stating that you don't love it and you're not willing to go inside and poke around and see what works. Then, of course, you're not going to get Pinterest traffic. I think it's so obvious, but people get so caught up in the emotion of seeing other people succeed and seeing their own counts not be as successful that they can't see that. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. Twitter's that platform for me. And, you know, I don't have a ton of followers on Twitter, but that's because I don't use it. I also say to people who are just getting started with Pinterest marketing and trying to find success, uh, instead of just jumping in immediately and trying to build a business, I would say give it a week and use Pinterest as a pinner. Figure out what you like, what attracts you, how you organize your boards. That'll get you into the headspace of someone who uses Pinterest, uh, give you a good idea of the mechanics of it, and I think help you kind of fall in love with it because it is a fun platform. It's very visual. You can find incredible new ideas. So go ahead and, you know, go on that first date with Pinterest before jumping in trying to build a business with it. I think that is the best advice ever because we get caught up in the business side and we don't think to do that. I think we all fell in love with Pinterest well. I shouldn't say we all. A lot of us fell in love with Pinterest really early on because it was so amazing and visual and beautiful and inspiring. And we forget that as we launch into our businesses. So just setting the business aside, taking a step back and going into Pinterest as a pinner. I love that, Melissa. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's so simple. Just step away for a week and see what people are doing as a pinner, as a user, a consumer of Pinterest. So obviously, we can't dedicate all of our time to a single platform on any given day when we're trying to figure it out. So do you have any tips for us about growing on Pinterest without having to invest a ton of time? You mentioned digging in as a pinner. That wouldn't require a ton of time, just a little bit of time a day. What else do you have? Yeah, so I think for anyone who's been around for you know, three to five years, uh, may remember people talking about how you need to be pinning 100 times per day, 300 times per day. Those days are gone. That's just crazy. No one wants that. That's way too much content. You're just flooding the system. So I would say start small uh, with your scheduling, whether you're using a tool like Pinterest or sorry, like Tailwinds or using Pinterest's internal scheduling, start small and build up that content, build up your, how you know how to work this stuff, uh, your confidence in what you're doing, and then start to invest a little bit more. So I always say start with five pins per day. In Tailwind, you can go in and set your schedule and say, I want to pin five pins per day. We'll build out your smart schedule based on when your audience is active. And as you get more comfortable, as you're learning the platform, as you're learning what people are interested in, and as you get that confidence to add more time slots, you can just really easily go into Tailwind and click on those time slots. We have found that most of our uh, members who find the most success are pinning between 15 to 25 times per day. Now, if that sounds overwhelming, if that sounds like a lot, you don't have to pin that often. That's not a hard rule. That's just what we found is the sweet spot, especially if you have a ton of content. So if you've been blogging for 10 years you're going to have a backlog of content that you can put in. You can change up the images. You can change up the descriptions and have lots and lots of pins going out every single day and really capitalize on that traffic. But if you're newer or if you don't have as much of a backlog, go ahead and just stick to a small number of pins that you're scheduling every day and time box your your week or your month, however you plan to schedule out those pins. 
so that you're not having to go in and you know take a step away from the other parts of your business. That's where scheduling is just really such a powerful tool is you can think about it for an hour or two once a week and then step away and not have to worry about it again until you go back in and start that process over again to schedule. So rather than going in every single day and trying to pin five to 10 posts organically, you can just have a scheduler take care of it for you. And that's going to save you a ton of time and a lot of headaches. And once that content is on Pinterest, you can come back, look at your analytics, understand what's working and make those adjustments. Scheduling is a dream. I use Tailwind personally, I have for years and it saves me. It saves me so much time, but it also saves me mental energy. Like you said, Melissa, it is a nightmare thinking that you have to go and organically pin content multiple times a day, that would so stress me out. I would last about three days and then I'd be done. So Tailwind saves me with that. Is there anything else you want to say about Tailwind that you think food bloggers would need to hear? I mean, obviously scheduling is great. What else do you have about Tailwind? So we just launched, I think literally last week or the week before, our new Tailwind Create tool, which allows you to create absolutely gorgeous images in very little time. So uh, as a food blogger, you can get started with it by copying in the URL that you want to use. We'll actually pull in the images from that URL. So all of your content that's already on that URL that you would want to make pins from, you can easily select and change up the pin title, the description, the call to action on the pin, Uh, And once you click on Go Create, we will present you with hundreds of beautiful, like 95% done pins that you can go in, you can tweak, you can change up. Uh, You know, I've been kind of harping on this, creating new pins for new audiences. So you can adjust who the audience is on them and just quickly and easily have those pins already created and scheduled all within Tailwind. So it's kind of your one-stop shop now. You can go from pin creation to analyzing after the fact, all right within Tailwind. Is Did you say that has been rolled out or it's coming? It has been rolled out. So anyone can log in and uh, with, with our Plus Plan, you get 15 pins that you can design every month. Okay, so I'm in my account right now. And I'm just, I don't, I haven't used this yet. Where do I find this? When I do create pin, design and tailwind create, is that it? Yep. Okay. Wow. I feel like I just got a Christmas gift. (laughs) I am so excited to play with this. Okay. Later today, I'm totally digging into this. How exciting. I'm really glad you mentioned that. It's a really great tool. I'm not much of a designer. Uh, So it's really helped me make nice pins that, uh, or don't take a lot of time, don't force, you know, you don't have to be a designer and we're constantly adding templates and kind of mixing it up so you're not going to see the exact same pins on Pinterest all over the place. There's a lot of ways you can customize and build out these pins and make them yours. You can set your brand preferences so it always has your logo or your website and your your, your colors for your brand. So it's really easy to quickly create these branded pens 
right within tail. So cool. I love it. What about Smart Loop? Do you recommend food bloggers use Smart Loop? We've kind of gone back and forth with that on my team. What are your thoughts? Smart Loop is, uh, it's changed. The purpose of it has definitely changed over the years. So when we first launched it, it was a looping tool. There was a tool out, I think it got shut down in 2018, called Ford Booster that essentially that's all it was, was just reposting your your pins repeatedly. And uh, that really created some of the backlog of content. And when you search for bread recipes, you see the same three. That's what Pinterest is trying to get away from, is having that repeated content going out constantly around the clock uh, all the time. So the big thing with Smart Loop that can really help food bloggers is setting them up for different times of the year so that once it's holiday season, you have your holiday recipes starting to seed out a little bit early. Uh, Pinterest is an odd platform and often the holiday season. So, you know, November through December, that content starts to spike around July. So Christmas in July is a real thing on Pinterest. And it's hard to think about that and remember that, oh, I should be sending out my Christmas recipes now to try and capitalize on that trend. And that's where Smart Loop is really the most beneficial is making sure that your content that's related to a holiday season or any sort of seasonal event is going out at those times when it is most valuable and getting the most attention. That's great. I'm glad you talked through that. Uh, Do you have any other tools or tips within either Pinterest or Tailwind to help food bloggers save time and energy? Yeah, I would definitely recommend checking out our tribes tool. It's actually the name's changing very soon. By the time this is out, it'll be Tailwind Communities. So uh, within Tailwind Communities, you can go and find communities of like-minded pinners to join together and share each other's content. You can get really great ideas from other people. You can uh, meet people who are in the same niche as you and share their content and they'll do the same for you. So it's a great way to connect with other people, other pinners, other food bloggers. And, you know, it doesn't hurt that you get your content shared from those communities as well. Uh, interesting that you guys are switching names. I kind of like that because I feel like Tribes has kind of run its course. So putting a new spin on the whole concept and giving it the word communities is really cool because I think we can all relate to that word community, community building. We're all food bloggers. We like to be a part of a community. So I'm excited to see what you guys have to offer there. Is there anything else you have, Melissa, tips and tricks? Oh, with keyword research, uh, Pinterest is a SEO platform. Like it is a search engine. We are trying to get those keywords that content in front of the right people with that right search intent. So if you haven't done your keyword research, don't worry too much because Pinterest is an incredible place to go and find those keywords. I, unlike Google, which took away the keyword research, I remember being able to find just incredible keywords uh, in the beginning with, with Google. Now they make it a little bit more difficult, but on Pinterest, all you have to do is type in, a keyword that's important to your business and Pinterest will give you the related terms right there. So it'll either be at the top as little pill looking things that'll be related uh, topics 
or as you're scrolling, they've started putting some of those into the actual uh, scrolling part of the feed. So that keyword research is super easy, but super, super important on Pinterest. What are your thoughts real quick on story pins? Story pins are uh, really, really good for brand building. That's the big purpose of them. Um, They don't have clicks yet. I believe Pinterest has indicated that they will start putting links in. Um, Don't quote me on that. (laughs) I think I remember reading that in their community. Uh, But that's really the big thing that they're focusing on with the story pins is telling a story without having to leave Pinterest and build that brand awareness. So story pins are really, really amazing for reaching new potential readers of your blog, but you're not going to get the clicks from them. Do you foresee that changing? Because I've seen a lot of users commenting on my content, my story pins, just about that. Like, where is the link? There's a lot of frustration out there. I want to go to this link. Uh, So do you foresee that changing or what are your thoughts? It's hard to say. You know, Pinterest has had a few more social aspects that they've tried over the years. Um, I remember a few years ago they put out, I think they actually called it communities, Pinterest communities that were kind of like Facebook groups on Pinterest or you could share each other, essentially a tribe on Pinterest. It's kind of funny. And that went away. Story pins, they're doing incredibly well for getting impressions, but there's no clicks, uh, no links. So maybe uh, I could see it changing, but that's also kind of the the opposite of the intent because then it's just a pin. So it's really hard to say. I wish I wish I was a uh, medium for the Pinterest algorithm, but <laughs> I, I'm honestly not sure. And it'll be really interesting to watch what happens with that. As with anything else, we just have to let it unfold and watch it evolve, right? And see what happens. A year from now, we'll be talking about some story that StoryPins created. <laughs> but for now, we just let it unfold. Well, do you have anything else? We've kind of run through our list of things to talk about, but is there anything else on the topic of Pinterest or Tailwind that you really feel like food bloggers should know before we start saying goodbye? You're in a really incredible market for Pinterest. Uh, That's the majority of what I use Pinterest for is finding incredible food, food blogs and recipes. So if you haven't made the jump to Pinterest, I highly, highly recommend you do it because that is just a absolutely perfect platform for you. So I'm a big fan of Pinterest already. You know, of course, they've given me a career, but also it's the best place to find those recipes that I use all the time. And it's so, so powerful for that. There's so much opportunity. I saw that right away as a food blogger. When I started food blogging, Pinterest was just very new on the scene. And I saw that right away. I thought, oh my gosh, I cannot let this go. Like it's totally visual. People are coming here for food. Immediately they started devouring the food pins. And yeah, there's just so much opportunity. So I'm glad you ended with that. You really can't ignore it as a food blogger, right? (laughs) You really can't, but you won't want to once you uh, figure, figure out the platform, figure out what works for you. I promise you will fall in love with it as well. Agreed. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing all of this incredible Pinterest and Tailwind value with food bloggers. We really appreciate your time and all of your inspiring words. 
Well, thank you so much. It's been great. Yeah, it's been fun talking to you. And before you go, I like to ask my guests whether they have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with food bloggers. I I knew this was coming. And so I was trying to think of a quote. Um, My words of inspiration is when I think about my own career and what I've been working on, it's tenacity. Don't give up. Be tenacious. Don't be afraid to ask questions, to put yourself out there. Uh, The worst thing that you can hear is no, and that's not the end of the world. So just be tenacious, put yourself out there and keep working on your goals. Love it. Thank you for sharing that. We will put together a show notes page for you, Melissa. So anyone who wants to go see our show notes for this episode can go to eblogtalk.com forward slash tailwind. Also, Tailwind is offering $30 off. You can either use that toward a plus plan or you can take that off an annual plan. Go to the show notes page for this episode to take advantage of that and to get all of the details and the link. Melissa, tell my listeners the best place to find you online. Sure. Uh, You can find me on pretty much any social platform at Melmeg, M-E-L-M-E-G-G. And Tailwind is at Tailwind app. T-A-I-L, T-A-I-L-W-I-N-D-A-P-P. And that's, you know, across social, you'll be able to find us using those. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Melissa, for being here. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.